Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 90 of the Friday Nightmare Podcast. This is our year-end award show. Uh, yes, it's been a little while. Um, I think we recorded like right before Thanksgiving last, and then holidays kind of happened, and we were going to record this episode about a week ago, but then I ended up getting really sick, and then Heather got sick, so it's been kind of a mess uh, getting to record this, but we are recording it, and hopefully you guys will be hearing this a couple days after we have recorded, because my lazy ass is not going to wait till February to release this episode. Um, but, as we always do, I will do the introduction. My name is Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. I'm fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, and ready to climax, and if you can, please get me wet and feed me after midnight. I'm the man with the glorious beard, a.k.a. Mother of Cats, a.k.a. the man with the humongous... <clears throat> Ego, a.k.a. Scotthausen, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie, a.k.a. Spanky. And with me, as always, is... Heather Powell from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And we made it to the end of 2023. Um, if for some reason you have not listened to the Dummies of Horror Top 23, they do a worst list. And you can just go back and listen to Tim's and Daniel's because between the two of them, with the exception of a couple, they basically knocked off some of the horror worst horror movies that came out this year. They really did, yeah. <laughs> Um, which I appreciated. Um, I do have to say about their uh, top 10 is uh, I do like that even Tim clarified, this isn't top 10 worst films. This is more top 10 disappointing films. And I yes. like that he clarified that because yes. a lot of people say worst films and I don't like that category, but like saying top 10 disappointing, yes. that makes sense. And even though one of his films, which is a film that I really enjoyed, he said this wasn't made for me. And I yeah. appreciate that, right? I think it's important that as horror fans, we acknowledge that not every single film is made for us and that someone else out there may enjoy it. Except for Skinner Marink. Anyone <laughs> <laughs> who has that is number one get the fuck out of here with your pretentious bullshit get the fuck out of here if it's in your top 10 because it was different for you and it was something new that's ab that's absolutely fabulous but if you're going to tell me that that film was better than even when, when evil lurks evil dead infinity pool talk to me you can go fuck yourself and stop listening to our podcast right now because there is no way in any objective world that that film was better than those four yep, if it's that movie may... that, that's cool but like come on now yeah i was gonna say that movie may have affected you more than other films sure right but like, yeah everyone knows my thoughts on that damn movie right like on the poster you made this year of <laughs> like you mean like why is there so many feet or something like that that's this like, is canadian that's why everyone thinks we're weird <laughs> That you poster your... got shared around everywhere. The filmmaker drops his cell phone and aims <laughs> it at the ceiling. Oh, there we go. We got a shot. <laughs> and, you know, again, I will give credit to that film and how it was made because we won't. I'm going to take a wild guess that either one of us will be talking about it. Um, we don't do worst of um, or, you know, dislike ones. I think we do like disappointed or overhyped or underhyped. Yes. Um, so I don't, I don't think I bring it up at all. But I want to give credit that it was something new and different. And I think that's what 2023 brought us. I don't know if anything from this year stood out to me as 
you know, well, there's a handful that did stand out to me as incredibly well-made films that I would go back and watch again and again. But I would say this was a year of variety, that people tried different things. Even the film The Endsmen, which I'm, you know, known as not being a fan of, it tried to do something different. And I do give credit to the filmmakers for that. Right. No, but I'll say, like, yeah, there were a lot of unique takes on films. I mean, yes, there was a lot of sequels and prequels as well, but, like, it gave us a nice variety. And I will say, like, earlier in the year, I was really shitting on 2023, but honestly, like, as the year progressed, like, this always tends to happen, but, like, this year I noticed it even more was later in the year we got a lot more better films. Like, I'd say the first six months... I was worried I was not going to be very happy with the top 10. It was yeah. going to be, I was like, there's a couple good ones. And then there's like some that I'm like, I wouldn't even buy these, <laughs> but they are okay. But now I'm happy with my top 10 and I got a lot of good honorable mentions. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think this year did turn around. And I think with any year of horror or any year of movies, you're always going to have stuff that stands out as, you know, a real highlight among the masses, ones that people like because it hits them differently. You know, your artistic films, your political films, your slashy, slashy, stabby, stabby, sixth century in a in a series, so to say. Um, and, and I think that's what we got this year. We got a variety. I don't think this was a horrible year in horror. I think if you say that, you obviously, you know, are probably a, an average horror fan that watches Shudder. And perhaps just all the cinema releases. You probably don't even watch all of Shudder if you think this year was average. Because there may have been Shudder movies that came out that weren't 10 out of 10. But fuck, there were some very clever ones that came out this year, right? So um, we have our awards, as we always do. Um, We're a little different in our podcast. We do our awards. And then Scott and I scan through a top 10. But I do have a special surprise for Scott for my top 10 this year. Yes. Um, Scott has said that this is the year of Heather being gaslit. So I have come (laughs) up. Up with my gaslit top 10 and oh, my real top 10. Nice. Top 10 <laughs> that it. made fun of me all year on. And then the top 10 that's actually my top 10. Oh, I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> I hope you're excited to relive some of the some of the best movies we've had of the year. Oh, I gaslit. so am. <laughs> How I've been gaslit by 2023. So I guess we'll kick this off with our first award, which is Best Shutter Film. That's what you have on your list, right? I am opening it up, double, double checking. Yep. Best Shutter Film. Awesome. So, Scotty, what were your films for Best Shutter? All right. So for the runner-up, uh, I am going to, or an honorable mention, I am going to give uh, that uh, Hell, House, uh, Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. Because this was, I, everyone knows, like probably remembers me talking about how I love the trilogy. Like even part three, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I really did enjoy it as well. Um, but Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor, Manor kind of went back to its roots and was just more simplistic in its storytelling and didn't go over the top. And I just had such a great time with this movie. It had some good creepy moments. It took a little, it was a bit of a slow burn, kind of like the first film was. But yeah, I, I really dug this one. And uh, I would say it's tied for my second favorite of the four movies now. Uh, then my award will award itself will go to when evil lurks. Fuck did this movie just hit hit me in the feels. It was just so disturbing and dark and unique and violent and just disturbing in so many ways. This this 
this screamed a Scott film from like smoke show film all the way through and through. This was amazing to me, like such a well-made horrifying film. Agreed. I thought this year on shutter was quite interesting. I know um, Matt Woods from the internal spotless of the not so dark mind. Is that what it is? (laughs) Eternal darkness of the not so spotless mind. You know that I love you. (laughs) I know Matt was very disappointed with shutter this year. Now I know the UK gets different releases than what we get in Canada and let alone what you get sometimes in North in in America, right? Sometimes we get different things. So I, I will say that I felt shutter was very much worth the investment this year. Um, I enjoyed majority of the films that came out on shutter um, some of them stuck with me more than others. And my runner up was Influencer. I thought nice. that that was social media done right. I thought the main um, antagonist in it, I've seen her in a couple other films since. And I think she's A, quite a good actress. And B, I thought she presented someone who's basically a psychopath quite well. Um, yeah. And I liked the little details that this mil- this film kept in. Um, there's one character that gets lost in a survival situation, but previously we hear that she was a girl guide and went far up in the girl guide um, levels, which would allow her to survive in this situation. I liked exactly. that. I liked that little tie-in. I thought that was really well done. Um, so that to me was my runner-up, but I think as many people have stated, I think the best film that Shutter picked up this year was easily When Evil Lurks. I think that this film was incredible when it came to special effects, practical special effects, like chef's kiss. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think you could do better. I I think this film had the ability to make you feel, make you laugh, make you be scared. I think Tim summed it up perfectly that you would go through periods where you were actually feeling an anxiety in this film for the characters in it. And you did not know how it was going to end. And it kind of felt like it was like an adrenaline roller coaster that you were on for two hours or however long the movie was. So I applaud Shudder for picking that one up um, along with other ones that were picked up this year. But I do think that was a standalone for Shudder. So excellent work Shudder. I look forward to continuing to, to renew my subscription this year. Yeah. They've already uh, released one episode or one movie for 2024 too. I watched it yesterday. Awesome. We'll we'll save that for the next We'll save that for another day. Yes. Uh, so it looks like the uh, next one on my list is going to be uh, the best Netflix film. That's what I have, too. All right. So for me, Netflix had been very hit or miss, um, and I didn't get to watch a lot because I had lost access to Netflix for a while. So uh, my runner-up, I have a feeling this one, uh, we we may hear about this, but uh, my runner-up is The Strays from earlier this year. Um, I just found that this film... Made me feel very angry and shocked me at points. Um, like, it's a bit rusty in my brain just because it was so earlier on in the year. But um, for me, my best film for from Netflix was Re-Slash-Member. I guess this was originally, this is based off of a manga, but I had so much fun with this one. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the monster. It, it just felt, it felt like you were watching an anime or a manga but live action and portrayed that way even with even when it came to the music and all that and i just had a lot of fun with this one agreed and i think again we're highlighting the international horror that netflix brings in because the strays is a movie from the uk so that was right so even though it's in english it was technically a united kingdom film so 
Netflix. I have Netflix. I had it all year round. Let me tell you, Scotty, you didn't miss much. Um, <laughs> I kind of figured. <laughs> right. And I think the thing is with Netflix is that they get a handful of films and that are horror that, you know, some of them are really great. Some of them are average. I think Remember um, is an excellent film, though it did not make my list and it's not one of my runner ups. I do think it should be acknowledged as a great fucking film. Absolutely. Um, probably would be my third if I was doing a third. But nice. my runner-up for me was the conference. I thought the conference was very funny. Oh, I missed this one. Yeah, very, very on the nose for anyone who's ever gone away for a workplace retreat. Very on the nose. Um, very silly, very over the top. It's a slasher, probably one of the better slashers that came out this year. And I think a lot of people missed it because it was on Netflix, but it's a lot of fun. And I do recommend checking it out if you haven't had a chance to. And Scott probably knows what my number one is. He kind of alluded to it. It's The Strays. Um, this film, first of all, the main character did such a great job of being an anti-hero and then being a straight out like antagonist at the end. And the acting in this, especially in the last 20 minutes, uh, when it was kind of a home invasion part, is insane and intense. Yeah. And when the twist happens, I literally went, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. Like, I, and, and I think to me, that's what stands out for this movie, is a movie that can make me think about how I felt. We watched this in February, March, somewhere around that time. And for me, this many months later to still think about it, reflect on it. I think that speaks to what a good film it was. So that is why it is my number one for Netflix this year. Overall, not bad, Netflix. Your documentaries are probably more where it's at, but thanks for bringing some good international horror. Right, exactly. You always It always gives us a uh, access to films. I mean, yes, sometimes you got to do some digging for some of the films, but there's always some fun that can be, or at least entertaining films you can find down there. Yep. Totally, totally. Uh, so the next one, um, at least on my list, is Best on Demand. Same with me. All right. So for me, this was a tough one because there was a lot of really good on-demand films. I did narrow it down because I could have had probably like six or seven runner-ups. <laughs> um, but yeah, runner-up for this one was uh, Dark Harvest. I just absolutely love yeah. this film. It nailed the halloween vibe it was super gory it had a really awesome monster creature de design a very a uh, very cool story which i know this is based off a book which i bought the book and i plan on reading very soon and man this was just so much fun uh it kind of hit that era of the 60s and did a very good job with that as well like this was just an all-around great film and is going to become a yearly tradition to watch around halloween now i just agree more to this movie and um, not a movie that was talked about as much as maybe it should have been. Exactly. Like people this should was go back and check it out. It is an excellent Halloween themed film. It really is. Like and the monster design was just freaking awesome for Sawtooth Jack. Um and even that one had like a nice little twist at the end where you're going, What the fuck? <laughs> um, but I would say for me, people probably won't be surprised if they watch this movie, but uh for me, my favorite film for that was on demand came out in December. And that is, there's something in the barn. Excellent I mean, movie. Excellent this, movie. For people that know how obsessed I am with gremlins, this movie is basically gremlins, but with elves. And it's so much fun and so entertaining and chaotic and hilarious. 
I loved all the characters, the doof, the doofus dad that's just trying to make the best of everything, and like just the mother that is just like trying to be happy and supportive, and just kind of fucking snaps at the same time, and then the kids, and and then just the elf design was freaking awesome, and also they became quite creepy when they got pissed, and man, just. All around, just a very entertaining film. And once again, another holiday film that I'll be adding to my yearly tradition now for Christmas. I couldn't agree more, Scott. I think that was a film that came out at the end of the year that, again, a lot of people did jump on just as the year end was was coming to a close. Great creature feature. Excellent entry to horror with still being dark enough that it is scary. Um you know, I wouldn't have my friend's eight-year-old daughter watch it, but my friend's 14-year-old son, I think he would appreciate it. Um, oh, yeah. It is rather dark. You know, there is some kills in it, so to say. Um, but, yeah, excellent film. I'm glad. I knew you would enjoy it when I watched I think I watched it before you. And yeah, I was you did. definitely like, yeah, Scotty is going to dig this for sure. And I couldn't agree more. On Demand this year really did step up. Um, there were some awesome on-demand films this year, and I think you listed two of them that were among many as must-watches. So what stood out for me this year, uh, my runner-up is An Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Oh, as yeah. people, I'm a big political fan. I thought this was political horror done right, as well as I just thought the young lady was quite likable. Um, I thought it was a great modern-day telling of Frankenstein. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, great special effects and best on demand movie was a a movie that that based on the hindu faith and that was it lives inside and oh wow i really enjoyed this film um i don't know if you got a chance to watch it nope the two you just mentioned i had not watched like i had because you know as everyone was knowing this year i was i was struggling to squeeze in all the movies that Mm -hmm. i wanted to um but yeah one thing i forgot we forgot to mention earlier was how many movies we ended up watching i ended up watching 137 i did 189 nice for 2023 so that's you know our list will differ definitely because of that um but yeah it lives inside is an excellent film it takes uh the whole demon in possession thing and takes it down a different route that's not christian which is a nice retreat nice refresh Um, so I do recommend it, but also with the two that you brought to the table, like we're looking at a great year for on demand. So if for some reason you miss some of these other films, uh, definitely recommend checking them out. Yeah. I was saying like it lives inside was one that, cause I remember you really liking that one and I really wanted to watch that one and I just never got a chance to get around to it. Unfortunately. It happens, um, right? Yeah. Especially like trying to keep track of all the movies that I missed and then trying to remember which ones to watch. And sometimes yeah. it's just hard to remember it all. Totally. Totally. Um, so this award coming up next, this one, there really wasn't much. So uh, the, bre- the best Amazon Prime film. So that means like, you know, free on Prime is at least how I took it. Um, and I didn't do a lot of research, but like the Amazon Prime original, totally killer. I had no runner up for this one, but totally killer. Just a awesome, fun film about, you know, time traveling back to the 80s and just the use of the modern day sensibilities of a person going back into the 80s and just going, what the fuck? And, you know, not being offensive to either either uh, era and just actually like not like actually Mike Merriman even said it best on Fresh Cuts because they were doing their top 10. And he said they covered both decades without saying one decade is better than the other. It was just literally like 
this is how it is now, and this is how it yeah. was back then. Right. And like, but just the way the character from modern times is like experiencing everything in the eighties and just kind of the culture shock, and she's just going, "This is," and just making the few comments that she makes is very entertaining and smart. And then just the kills were great. The killer had the autumn uh, awesome. Uh, 80s style mask. I'm forgetting the character's name that like it's based off of uh, Hedrum, Mike Mike Hedrum or something like Max Hedrum. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Max Hedrum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, such a very fun movie. But yeah, didn't really see it. I didn't notice too many Prime originals this year, so I couldn't. I didn't have much of a list. You are right. There was not much. Um, my runner-up was all fun and games because I actually did enjoy oh, that, that one. That was a Prime one. Right? Okay, I yeah. forgot about that. So short, quick possession film, which I really did like. Um, I thought it was a good low budget little film. I don't think people have to rush out and watch it. But if we're looking at Prime and we're acknowledging some stuff that they did, I did enjoy that. And Totally Killer was obviously the winner. Um, I praised this movie when it came out. I thought it was hilarious. It it hit all the things that I find funny. Um Prime Prime was pretty quiet this year. Uh, there wasn't yeah. much going on. And that and that happens, you know what I mean? You're not going to have years where everything is booming. So it was fine for what it was. Yeah, I was saying, I mean, we had way other like a what, huge variety of options still, so. For totally, right? So I guess I have best Hulu. Is that correct for you? Yep, that's the next category. Awesome. Um so for me, once again, this is kind of like uh, there wasn't a lot. I mean, yeah, I could go and these were just ones that were Hulu originals. So that's what I just focused on. I didn't look at what was on Hulu during the time of this award show. So for the Hulu originals, my runner up was Appendage. I uh, just had a lot of fun with this movie because it was definitely the whole uh, throwback to the Siamese twin uh, type situation with like Basket Case and uh, what was Malignant from last year or the year before. So I had fun with that one. Um, it was just a very good, entertaining, silly movie not to take very seriously. But then my favorite film from Hulu. This should not be a surprise to anybody, and that is No One Will Save You. I just found this movie to be very intense. I was rooting for this girl. Uh, I found the creature designs to be extremely creepy and like fit with like, you know, what we think of when it comes to aliens sometimes. Um, and the fact that very tiny amount of dialogue was used and kept you entertained kept at least kept me glued to the screen and wanting to know what's going on and were able to tell a story without actually using dialogue. I thought they did a wonderful job and this is definitely one of my favorites. I I just love this movie. Oh, I know you were a fan and I'm sure it's going to be on many people's list, just not mine. Um yeah. <laughs> was the Boogeyman a Hulu original? The Stephen King one? Yeah. Uh, that was theatrical. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, so I don't know if that was on Hulu or not. Okay. I saw that it was on Hulu, so I had that as my runner-up. Oh, okay. But... So then, yeah. like if, like if Because I think we've done that before where if it's okay. on Hulu to watch, we add okay. without it. But I just did the originals this year because okay, I didn't think cool. about it. Well, that was my runner-up was The Boogeyman. I actually thought that was a pretty good film. I enjoyed it. I liked how the dad kind of came around to believing the daughter a little bit quicker. Um, right. Still not quick enough, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it would be a horror movie if it was. That's true. And then Appendage was my number one. I oh. thought the special effects, I thought the uh, the whole basket case 
side. I, I thought it was great. I honestly really thought it was a nice take on that concept in 2023. And I definitely would say that is a must watch. If for some reason you missed this this year, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Completely agree. Cause it was just a lot of fun. It was. And like Hulu, you know what I mean? Like it, you, you get some good and bad um, stuff, but I, I feel like, and even though I wasn't a huge fan and no one will save you, it's a quality film. Yeah. Right. So I think that's an important thing to remember too. And now I have best theatrical releases. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. So this one, theatrical releases came out fucking swinging this year. I mean, I was also a fan of the theatrical releases last year. I know you were not nearly as high as I was, but like I did have a lot of them in my top ten. Um, but yeah, this year there were some amazing films. So. Once again, this was a tough category for me, but I ended up narrowing it down. My runner-up was Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, because this was just an awesome throwback slasher, and finally got the Thanksgiving movie that had been teased for so long with that trailer right. and we were hoping for, and they did such a great job, some very gruesome kills, and just a fun, legit, fun story that had like a legit revenge theme to it, which made total sense. And, uh, but for me, the best film this year that I've seen in theaters, some may argue if it's horror or not, but Heather and I have already discussed it and we said, fuck yeah, it's horror. And that is Bo is Afraid by Ari Aster. Fuck everyone who doesn't think that's horror. Go fuck yourselves. And this... Go watch Skidmarink. <laughs> this one thing. just covered what it's like to suffer with social anxiety mm-hmm. and expectations and fears that just are all inside your head. Once again, Ari Aster knows how to get performances out of his actors. 100%. Joaquin Phoenix did such a fucking amazing job portraying this character. Um, There were scenes where I'm laughing, but it was almost like a release of tension from the scene before laughter. Like, oh my God, I'm finally through it. And Yes, yes. It is a, it is someone that suffers with social anxiety. Uh, it's their nightmare displayed on film is how I would put it. Agreed. Like it's just Agreed. insane and in, over the top. Yeah, it's three hours. So it's a, it's a commitment, but I, I don't think there really was much that could be cut. Like I remember saying back in the, when I first watched it, like the second act I felt slowed it down a bit, but mm-hmm. could have been trimmed. But at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it and I rewatched it, I don't see what could have been cut. It kind of just fills everything in with that story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Bo's Afraid is an incredible theatrical release, and I echo you. I think we had some bangers in the theater this year. Um, this was a really great year for theater horror, and I know there's movies such as Five Nights at Freddy's that I think did the best this year. Yeah. Um, though I'd be curious about the one I'm going to say is one of my runners-up, if that will eventually surprise, surpass Five Sir, what is it? Surpass. Oh, yeah, surpass. Surpass. Yeah. surpass um, Five Nights at Freddy's. But I don't think it will because I don't think it will have the same appeal on the mass level. Um, but my two runners up, because I had two runner up because I could oh, not ooh. decide. And one I saw just at the tail end of 2023 was Godzilla Minus One. Ooh, which I so want to see that. I never thought in a million years a Godzilla film would ever be on my list. I am not... Um, a kaiju person but this movie was absolutely incredible um it gives you <clears throat> it's a drama it's a horror it's a monster film it's everything rolled up in one 
My second to that was Knock at the Cabin. Oh, nice. I really got emotionally into that. Shemalong a Ding Dong brought it out again. Um, and then my first number one is Talk to Me. I, yeah. I, to me, that movie blew it out of the water this year, but I would also argue Bo's Afraid did too. You know, unfortunately, it didn't do as well in theaters. Probably yeah. the, the runtime didn't help. Um, but you know what? Great theater watches this year. And I'm glad to say most of the theater ones I saw in the theater with the exception of a few. Yeah, I'll say because I, I remember I watched quite a few throughout the first half of the year. And then obviously having a life family was kind of, yeah, life changed. It was harder to get to theaters, though. I did. I was at least happy that Eric and I were able to go see Thanksgiving together. Mm-hmm. That one was a very fun theater experience. And then, uh, so what is the next category? I Oh yeah, best Tubi original for me. You know, All right. some good Tubis stuff on Tubi that came out this year. Yeah, I did not put a runner up for some reason. I should have. I don't know. Huh. I bet your runner up will be one of mine. I feel like we're going to see the same two movies. Okay, so yeah, so I'll just uh, how about how about you go first then? Okay. Here, then I'll see. My runner up was She Came from the Woods. Okay. Right. No, that was on Tubi. I didn't. I don't know if it counts as a Tubi original, but that's where I could find it, yes, and I felt it like it is it okay. Um, excellent slasher film. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> I hope there's a sequel. I thought it was so good. I'm sorry, I'm going to cough, Scott. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Unfortunately, folks, we are all dealing with sickness and trying to get past it. We're all dealing with the COVID. Um, and then my second one was, where are we here? Little Bone Lodge. And I'm going to cough again. Okay. Oh, yeah. Little Bone Lodge was considered to be original. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, the mine is the, uh, that was your main one, right? Shake your head. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but, um. So what it is for me would be flip those around. Little Bone Lodge would be my runner-up, and She Came from the Woods was my favorite one from this year. Like, because I just had such a great time, and it was just like a nice '80s throwback slasher. Had the right amount of stereotyped characters that are in slasher films, especially from that era, and I just had had such a great time with it. Thanks for carrying that there, Scott, because I totally went on a coughing spree. Um, <laughs> oh, you're totally fine. But you know what? Little Bone Lodge and both She Came From The Woods are fucking excellent films. Like, yeah, we're talking, we may talk about them later on because they're so excellent. And then the dogs bark. We can't win. <laughs> can't win. But yeah. I want to be part of the show. Two great films on Tubi that if you haven't watched them, what are you waiting for? Tubi is free. Go check them out today. (laughs) What are you waiting for? (laughs) But uh, yes, all while you take care of your uh, coffee, coffee, um, I will do the next category, which is best bloodbath. And uh, for me, the runner up for this one, um, there was quite a few options, but for me, best bloodbath, the way I picture it, it is like, when you look at the screen, it's coated in blood, gore everywhere type scenario. And for me, the runner-up was Malum. That had so much just red stuff flowing through it. This film was just intense and gory, and it's a remake of uh, Last Shift. And yep, yep. it's like a remake or a retelling, but same director. Um, so that one was my runner-up because, yeah, there was plenty of just awesome gore like i couldn't really even pick one specific scene just because there was so many just horrific moments in it but Agreed. for me the bloodbath for me was evil dead rise oh fuck yeah 
Fuck yeah. Like that, it is. It would not be an Evil Dead film if there was not a bloodbath scene of some sort. 100%. And maliciousness. I mean, from 100%. the hallway scene when the mother is just slaughtering all the tenants that are in the hallway. Yeah. Yep. And you're watching through the peephole to the ending when the main girl is dealing with the final version of the deadites and yeah. the wood chipper scene. And just, good Lord, there was just so much gore and brutality in that. And it was, it totally felt like an Evil Dead film, which is one of the reasons why I fucking love this movie so much. I love that you brought back Malum because I think that movie can easily get forgotten about. Because it kind of quietly came out mid-year. And sometimes we forget about things that come out mid-year. So I'm glad that you brought that to the table. Um, My best bloodbaths were actually different films. So that's kind of cool. For me, when evil lurks. Like, that whole movie was just slaughtering. (laughs) It was just, you know, two hours of slaughter. And then, even though I'm not the biggest fan of this series, you got to give it props to where it does things well. And that is Saw 10. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Always, always. They're they're the blood, the whole thing with Jigsaw and that final trap thing at the end. Oh my god! Like as much as as I said, I'm not a huge fan of the series. They do bloodbath and kills and all that right. That is a series yes, where do. if you want to see some gory, gory shit, you watch that series, and you will be entertained. But I think your two were excellent, and I think. And I'm glad we're kind of coming up to these, like, the Tubi stuff being so strong, the Bloodbath being so strong, Shudder being strong, On Demand being strong, because I think that's showing the highlights of this year, because too often people shit on a year if they don't like everything, but I I like that we're pulling from a variety of different things. Yeah, but I was saying, that's kind of one of the reasons why we, you know, did these awards, is because it shows, it showcases, like, all the different streaming services and rentals and theatrical and all that stuff. And, you know, gives us a way to showcase films that may not be in people's top tens. Just because, you know, we do watch a lot. And also, like, to say, hey, you missed out on this. Like, it's free on Tubi, or this is worth the rental. Like, go and watch this movie, right? Um, I'm very excited for this next category because you and I always have different things because different things speak to us. So I'm excited to hear what you have. Oh, yeah. So, who boy. So this one is best kill. Um, so this is where it's just like one singular kill, like at least this is how I take it. One singular kill that stands out to me. And I have, I did have two runners up for this one. So uh, one of the runners up is Thanksgiving. Uh, the dinner table scene at the end, where Bobby, the kind of douchebag jock, gets his head smashed by the oversized hammer, and it just gore everyone. That kill was that kill was my best kill on the runner up side because it was just so satisfying because I didn't like that character. So seeing that was just quite entertaining. Um, the other one was from Saw 10. This is the other runner-up. And that is, uh, I can't remember her name, but the girl that has to, like, saw off her leg at the thigh. Yeah. she's just like, and, oh my god, that was, yeah. like, horrific to watch. But then the best, I wouldn't say best kill, because it sounds wrong to say best kill, but, like, the kill that made me go, holy fuck, was in When Evil Lurks. And the main character is, is talking to uh, the, his ex-wife's husband, and you see the little girl with the fucking Rottweiler dog, or no, bull, bull mastiff, like 
And all of a sudden, that bull mastiff just grabs a hold of her and starts shaking her and just, like, runs off with her. That left me going, what the fuck? Holy fucking shit. Like, and it was horrifying because it was just a little girl. And, like, just, oh. Like, that scene will haunt me because that is a very realistic moment in horror. And Agreed. a horrific moment. Agreed. Like, so, yeah, when evil lurks, that daughter-dog scene. Oh. Agreed. I think you're pointing out two amazing kills here. Uh, my runner-up is the Evil Dead, the uh, the Saw Chipper at the end. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just fucking... If you haven't seen it, please go back and watch it. And Winnie the Pooh, Bud and Honey, Winnie the Pooh <sighs> to Christopher Roggins, you laugh yes. and he slices the girl's fucking throat open. Nothing will stand out more to me than that kill from this year. That is awesome. I was waiting for Winnie the Pooh to get some love. But that is freaking great. And Oh, man. Like, even from February, I saw that in the theaters for the special time that it was running. And uh, I can still picture him being, like, Christopher Roggins begging. Just begging. I don't want to get a spoiler. Sorry for everyone who has seen, hasn't seen the movie. But, and when he fucking slices her open, like, oh, that'd be my top ten horror moments. I just thought it was so fucking mint. Yeah, that that is such a great scene. Like, uh, and I knew you would be giving Winnie the Pooh some love. And I'm thinking, depending on how many of these movies come out, we may have to make an award for uh, films that are characters that have went to public domain turned into horror films. <laughs> Just to kind of as an award, because there's going to be a lot of them. I think it's going to be a new trend. I think it's going to be definitely a thing, for sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, so look. Looks like the next one is someone you can get behind. So we usually name two characters if we have them. I did not do any runners up, um, but the two that I can get behind. So I'll start with uh, my second pick, which was uh, from the movie, the Netflix uh, movie Nowhere. And that is Mia, played by Anna Castillo. Uh, just kind of being with her throughout this film, you're wanting her to survive, like being stuck in this shipping container as it is like slowly sinking into the ocean. Yes, she has some MacGyver moments, as I would like to call it, that are a bit over the top and unbelievable. But at the same time, you're like, yes, girl, get this. Save you and your baby. Come on, you got this. You got this. Like, you're rooting for her. Yeah, and, yeah, I would agree. And then the other character for me was, uh, where is it? Uh, from No One Will Save You, uh, Bryn, played by Caitlin Dever, the main character. Like, I just wanted her to get through this. Like, yes, they're, like, people, and I felt bad for her because of everything that, you know, the town is thinking of her. And, yes, obviously because of what happened in her past. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I just rooting for her to get through this. And then by the end of the film, even though the ending is a bit kind of ambiguous, it showed that she was happy and everything was going on I, and i really loved that about this character and i wanted her to get through everything perfectly so it made me happy to see that i agree for me um my runner-up or my my second was the kids from kids versus alien ha, nice. i thought those kids were really sweet and i thought they were quite endearing i thought the brother sister relationship was quite endearing and i really want a sequel like, I really yeah. want a sequel to that movie. And I, I because they left it so open-ended, I'm really hoping we get one. Um, and this film was not as well-known. It is on Paramount, if for anyone who wants to watch it. You're Killing Me, Eden. The young woman um, who was... I don't know if you watched You're Killing Me. Um, I Yeah, I, I thought she was quite empowering. So she was um, definitely, for me, a strong female lead this year. 
And unfortunately, I think when stuff comes out on Paramount, kind of like like Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, like it kind of gets like I think Pet Cemetery got pushed because it's Pet Cemetery, but like if it's just some random horror movie, people are like, ah, oh, right. So because yeah, I didn't even hear this one. Yeah, like if you have Paramount Plus, it's on there. I think it's okay. Probably I, you guys have Paramount Plus in the states, probably right? Yeah, Paramount nice. Plus, and I, and I actually I think I should have access to Paramount Plus. Yeah, it's good. It's a good little slasher. I bet you Erica would enjoy it. It it's quick. It's like an hour and a half. Okay. So like it moves. I really did enjoy her. And uh, I thought she was quite a good protagonist. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to look into that one. uh, Yeah. And I do have to agree. Like the kids were from kids versus aliens were. Yeah. Especially sweet. The brother sister dynamic. Yeah. Like they were like that they would do and like the wrestling ring and like, yeah, like they were, they were definitely, I wanted them all to live. You know, I definitely didn't want anything bad to happen to any of them. Right. Now, the uh, boyfriend and his friends I could care oh, less about. <laughs> yeah, they were pieces of shit. But, yeah. yeah no, totally. The kids I enjoyed a lot. Totally. Um, so the next one, to kind of go along with this award, is someone you, someone who you hate or fear. And two can be named here as well. And uh, so one of the first ones I chose was uh, Neve or Nev, played by Ashley Maddockwee from The Strays, the mother, because oh, yeah. what happens oh, all so fucking pissed right. at the end of that movie. I was like, you bitch. Right? What a <laughs> um, person. Yeah, that one was just, oh. But this one, I know you'll get a laugh out of this. Um, Sophia and Josh, played by Carolina Gayton and oh, yeah. Ellen Hocko from Quicksand. Fuck yeah! these two people. Fuck them. Oh, I hated these people so damn much. <laughs> We are, oh, we're, we're experienced hikers. Let's jump in the quicksand and throw a fit. And let's argue the entire time we're in the quicksand. Because are all of a sudden protective of their babies. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, but those characters made me so irrationally angry because I'm like, I hate both of you and I don't want either of you to survive this. (laughs) That meant cake. That was, that, those are my new, um. Fuck, fuck the ones I selected. Absolutely. Those assholes from Quicksand. <laughs> fuck off, Rob. That movie was horrible. I'm sorry, oh. Rob, that you liked it. I guess because it's a 2023 and you're probably already mad that half of our list is you consider 2022. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, for me, someone you can hate or fear, the appendage from appendage. Fuck, that was yes. annoying. Fuck, all of them. All the appendages were annoying. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. Oh, annoying, annoying, annoying. And you know who else was annoying and also kind of scary was Gabby from Infinity Pool. James! Uh, That's James! James! (laughs) Yeah. You know? Uh Oh. Who she is, she fucking nailed that role. And you definitely did not care for her at all throughout the film, which is what the point of it was. Yeah, I say Mia Goth, you know, always does an excellent job and she portrays her characters one way or whether you like them or not, she portrays them the way that they're supposed to be portrayed. A hundred percent, right? Like, so to me, that was definitely the the two people. But I think Quicksand, I don't know. I think they're all assholes. Like, honestly, we should just put them in a the little island together and they can all just be <laughs> right? assholes and annoying together. <laughs> and just Seriously. let them go. All right. So, yeah, uh, for this category, best tear jerker moment in horror. This is where I had messaged you because I had nothing for this this category. Yeah, you had no feelings I, this year. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing this this year that made me 
feel like I wanted to cry, mm. which, you know, can happen. There's mm-hmm. it's just one of those years. Like, do you have anything for this category? I do. I do. Oh, you really couldn't think of anything for real? Yeah, literally nothing. Oh, I got two. Okay. Um, The ending of Knock at the Cabin, you monster. How could that not make you cry? That, see, that, that didn't even register with me. You monster. Well, the I, uh, ending of Knock at the Cabin for everyone who has feelings. <laughs> Scott's like, oh, whatever. Do you remember the Do you remember the ending? Vaguely, I do okay. like the movie. I liked yeah. it, but I, the ending just didn't stick with me to that point. Okay. I'd have to rewatch it. That's fine. I'm just teasing you. Um, and then for me, Godzilla minus one, definitely. Okay. okay. Mm. That whole movie, actually, because the movie. This isn't too much of a spoiler, but it takes place after World War II, and obviously there's some devastation. And right. I think for us living in Western countries, we don't think about what we did to Japan. Right. Right. Um, and that was hard to see, as well as um, specific relationships between characters. So those, to me, were my best tearjerker moments. They got the feels going. And then, of course, the decision that the family has to make at the knock of the cabin got to me um i knew that they were gonna have to make the call but i kept hoping something different was gonna happen um oh, t- okay now yeah yeah they're like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Fuck. I- yeah that would have been a good okay that's mine then <laughs> there you go there's yours. yours yours is also knock at the cabin the ending like, i literally sat there like because i'd worked on this list for two or three days just kind of going through it and trying to changing things and I kept going back to that category and I'm going, and I'm scrolling through my list of movies and I'm yeah. going, there's nothing that's like stood out to me as just like made me want to cry. Holy shit. Like, like I, I guess I you could say anything. Evil Dead Rise because like, well, but even that didn't make me want to cry. Yeah, like it's true. There's some characters that you feel bad that are killed because right. there's likable people, but it doesn't necessarily pull out the emotions as much, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, but. We can hop on to the next category, which I believe I have a few for. Uh, so let's see. Good. The best best feel-good horror film. So this one, um, my runner-up was another Netflix original, and that was We Have a Ghost. Just the relationship between the main daughter and the ghost himself and like trying to help him along. I thought that was just a feel-good type of ending towards the film. And then my main one, Feel, I put this as feel good because I just had so much fun with it, and it's just something that I could watch and just laugh and enjoy. And that was Renfield. Yeah, Renfield was just so much fun. That's and feel good. Yeah, it just was just a blast. Nicholas Cage just hamming it up on screen, and oh, totally. Just the performances all around were just over the top and fun, and just had a great time with it. Well, my runner-up is the same as yours. We have a ghost. I thought nice. that that was a really sweet um, entry-level horror film. I thought it was really, really nice. It was a really feel-good, fun film. And totally killer for me, because I just laughed so fucking hard in that movie that my tummy hurt from laughing so hard. Though I think Renfield is right up there as another one that was good times, good fun, um, a really nice, enjoyable, enjoyable film. And what was yours? Oh, uh, mine you was Ghost and what? Totally Killer. Oh, Totally Killer. Okay. Yeah. I like, completely Renfield, spaced out there for a second. No, that's Sorry. okay. Renfield, I was just saying as well as what you said, is great. That one, yeah. like, totally, really, really well done. Yeah, that was like, because yeah, there were some definitely, like, more lighthearted, feel-good style horror films this year, which really was, was yeah. good. Yeah, and, like, you don't always need to have, like, the punch in the gut 
which is uh, coming up next category. So yeah, the next category is punch in the gut. So this is one that you just feel devastated with what happened. Uh, and runner up, this one's been brought up a couple times already. Actually, both mine have brought up, been brought up. But uh, runner up is the Strays when Nev or Neve ends up or Neve ups and leaves her adult kids and husband at the very end. You're just like, yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, like fucked. Yeah, and like, then, for a second time. Yeah, for a second time. Yes. Like, what the hell? Uh, and then for my main pick, once again, when evil lurks, this time when the father sees his ex-wife just carrying his son and devouring the, devouring the small child within the brain. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, man. Fucking heavy shit, right? Um, yeah. For me... It was knock at the cabin as a runner up. The fact that they have to, they still have to make the choice of who lives and who doesn't or the world will end. And for me, talk to me. I thought that that ending was like, what the fuck? Um, Yes. Right. And then how they leave it at the end with who the new ghost is that's being talked to, Mm. I thought was fucking excellent. Um, So yes, those were my definitely two punch in the guts this year. Great choices. Thank you. Uh, and then, yeah, I will go to what is all the feelings of relationships and horror. And, yeah, I don't know why. Actually, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, my runner-up uh, would be from Shudder, uh, Attachment. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep, that's, that's a good, good one. Uh, both uh, the, the lesbian couple and the girl going yes. back home with her to meet her mother and Yes. Like everything that is happening there and just like you feel for them, you want them to like, get through yeah. this together. Yes. But the main one, and this is why I'm kind of shocked that, yeah, the uh, tearjerker moment did not pop out to me. I had knocked at the cabin for the couple and their daughter. Just, right. I love their relationship so much. Like that was beautiful and you could tell they were, you know, wanting to get through this and they were, just, they loved each other and wanted to be there for each other. That was a great family, and it's my runner-up as well. Um, I think that was a very emotional horror film. Um, even Batista's performance was quite emotional for a wrestler. Um, like, let's just, like, he's a wrestler, right? So, like, excellent, excellent. For me, the number one was missing, and the mom and the daughter in that. Mm. When the mother goes missing, and the daughter's passion to find her mom, to me, was pulled at the heartstrings, excellent film if for some reason someone has not watched it this year i totally recommend checking it out it will give you all the feelings yes it will like that one that was another one that i had thought about as well uh so the next is didn't see that coming twist ending Mm -hmm. so i had uh for my runner-up bo was afraid um yeah mainly because what you uh find out is uh when you find out who his father really is and <laughs> you're just kind of like just staring at the screen like what the fuck his dad is a giant mm, can't really say it okay um because yeah. i want to spoil that but mm. that one just left that whole entire movie had a lot of moments where i just went what the fuck <laughs> what, what the, the fuck, fuck? Like, what the fuck right it literally just had that going the entire time for me um but once it Again, this movie is getting mentioned, and I have a feeling this one is one from Heather, but uh, it's The Strays. 
that ending completely caught me off guard where she just ups and leaves her kid and dad her husband like right? yeah, bye bye what the fuck so only because I'm not mentioning the strays because we've only talked about it a lot so I did change my answer here okay. um my uh, one that I watched that wasn't really a good movie I'll be honest but the ending of it I was like oh oh that's interesting was 15 cameras. Ah, nice. I did. That was one I still meant to watch, but you, you didn't sound like you made it sound like it shouldn't be. Eh. It's it's an ant movie, but I will be real. How it ends, I was like, oh fuck, oh, like it's actually an interesting ending. Um, and another one I didn't see coming. Brooklyn Forty Five. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, wow, there's that was a, one that I completely slipped my mind. Right? There's something that a main character does at the tail end of that film that I did not see coming. Um, definitely threw me for a loop. That is another Shudder film that if for some reason you have Shudder and you have not watched that film, I strongly recommend it. Excellent movie. Very, And for that reason, I won't give away the ending, but definitely did not see it coming. No, that, yeah, I completely forgot about that until you brought it up. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so uh, this one is where we get into some interesting categories that will highlight a lot of other different films, I think. So the next one up is surprisingly low, uh, best low-budget film. And my runner-up for this one was Freeze. I don't know if you remember that one or not, but... uh. About the people that were on the boat that had like the like Lovecraftian type fish monsters in it, and you walk, you look at the cover and you're like, this is gonna be bad, and then it ends up not being bad at all. It actually had like a pretty cool story and pretty cool effects, like nothing amazing, but way better than I had ever expected it to be. Uh, and then my number one choice for this was the Outwaters. Yeah, there is a yeah. very good film in this low budget. Like there's a very good film in here. I wish there would have we would have seen a little more, but I understand that this is what they were going for with their very limited budget was like the flashlight pinhole lighting, which made you go, what the fuck? Yes. This could have been in my top 10 if there was more to it and I was able to see more because I thought for the budget they had, what they showed was very effective. Agreed. Agreed. For me, my my runner up was Phantom Fun World. This nice. was a very low-budget slasher film that I thought oh, was actually was. quite endearing. Um, and then the first one is The Gesture. I thought The Gesture was a great film. Um, I think that came from, I can't remember who produced it. It's a, like a well-known that they do like a lot of, like Screenbox maybe? I don't know, something like that. And it's basically, people say it's a Terrifier ripoff. It's nothing like Terrifier. I understand. Is it because it's a clown? It's it's Probably. a completely different concept. Um the gesture is a, you know, internalized thing. Anyway, um, those are two great low-budget films that came out this year. Um, the Phantom Fun World is very low-budget. Yes, the gesture is. has more money to it. Um, but I thought both put a great effort forward and were good movies. Yeah, I uh, did not get to see the gesture. This was one that I, once again, forgot about. Easy but to it do. Yeah, but it was one that I wanted to watch just because I remember you talking to me about it. But yeah, just slipped my mind. Um, but the uh, next category is worth the high budget. So this one for runner-up, I had uh, Renfield. Very nice. As I figured for the high budget, like it definitely had a bigger budget if it's going to have like Nicolas Cage and the guy from the menu and some of the other oh, yeah. actors they've had in it. So like in some of the special effects they did. 
Yeah. So yeah. I thought for it was worth the high budget. And then my number one film is getting some love again, but that is Bo is Afraid. Fuck yeah. Two very well high budgeted films. Mine was Godzilla minus one, Infinity Pool. You know, I know there's some people oh, yeah. out there like Tim that's not a fan of Infinity Pool, and that's totally fine. But that film did an excellent job of creating a beautiful, like, high-budget, well-put-together, polished film. Um, nothing but praise for Infinity Pool and nothing but praise for Godzilla Minus One. And I don't have anything for Hulu Into the Dark because I don't think they're making those anymore. Oh, shit. Nope. I actually deleted that category. So Awesome. Good. So my next one is Most Politically Relevant. Is that what you have, too? Yes, it is. All right. So uh, Most Politically Relevant... Um, for some reason, that's weird. Um, me to go? You want me to go? Yeah, I got checks on it because something that it's almost like I put the same answers twice. It's okay. For so the next, mine two, was, next two categories. Mine was angry black girl and her monster. I thought that it handled the concept of systematic racism extremely well. Um, and oppression. I think the scene where the father goes in and tells off the teacher was fucking chef's kiss. Whoever did the writing for that, fucking congratulations. That was awesome. Um, to me, that's probably a movie that not everyone's going to appreciate, but it did a great job of pulling in social economics, racism, and also into an entertaining horror film that's you know a new version of Frankenstein. So I really enjoyed that one. Nice. And that was your runner-up? No, I didn't have a runner-up. To me, I kind of okay. looked at it this year, and I kind of thought Bo was afraid. But I thought Borough for, is Afraid deserves some other things, um, so I left it out for another award. All right. Yep, that makes sense. Um, one that I uh, put for politically relevant, because that is the category, right? Because I'm looking mm -hmm. at my letterbox at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there was some screw-up. I somehow almost looked like I copied and pasted from my other category that's underneath this one. So I just went to letterbox. Nice. I, so uh, my runner-up, I would have to give the shout-out to The Blackening. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Just because, like, yes, that one has a lot of humor that we may miss, but there is a lot of very politically relevant talk in there with our society. Um, but then Wrath of Becky is my main pick, just because dealing with the Proud Boys. Oh, yeah. Her, Good point. Her version of the Proud Boys and yeah, the yeah, plans yeah. they had. And, um, so, yeah, those are the two that I had gone with for this one. That's cool. That's cool. Um, now, the next one is most reflective. Do you want me to go with that while you get back into your list? No, I got, I'm got. i in the list okay. now, so I can do awesome. this one now. Uh, so yeah, most reflective of 2023, I am going to give the uh, um, runner-up to, if you remember this one, This Land. Yeah. With the two yeah. political families that are on completely different spectrums, mm -hmm. both accidentally renting the same place and forced to kind of coexist with each other until some shit happens and yes their political differences getting in amongst in their way with each other which very very reflective oh very um, much so and then the other one was the mill from hulu oh fuck yeah like fuck just yeah. the the whole this is what happens when you as like in the broader sense of this movie this is what happens when you work hard for a company the company expects more and more out of you and continuously more and more yeah. out of you until you are just used up and just tossed aside. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Scott. That's Those are two mint, very good examples of the 2023. Uh, for me, I thought the blackening, again, mm -hmm. when we look at um, individuals you know, from the black community coming out and making films and calling out racist tropes, I think that 
obviously groups who have received racism are the best to call out the tropes and to find humor in them and bring some kind of comedy to it. So I thought the blackening was absolutely awesome. And Bo's Afraid, for the reasons that you've highlighted throughout this, Bo's Afraid is a perfect reflection of anxiety and fear and just the complete different fears of social that people could feel every day, whether it be not having enough money to pay for something, whether it be dying during sex, whether it be <laughs> whatever it is that happens to this person. And it is such a whirlwind. And I think it really reflects what people have been dealing with post pandemic and post- oh, yeah. and anxiety as well, right? So definitely Bo's Afraid and then The Blackening were my two. That is, uh, yeah, very good choices. Uh, So the next category is, um, in our opinion, most overhyped. So I I didn't have a runner-up for this one. I just had one movie, and most people probably know what this fucking movie is, and that is Skinamarink. Fuck you, Skinamarink. Fuck you, Skinamarink. I do not understand the love of this film. Like, if it works for you, it works for you. But this, I I would have rather watched a pot of water boiling for four hours straight. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And the only thing that was as bad as Skinamarink, there's two. There's two that were made theatrical releases that had money put into it and were pieces of crap. And that's how I feel. And I'm not changing my opinion on it at all. And those two movies are, did I move my thing down? Uh oh, where are we? I'm building up to it. Overhyped. Oh, I fuck with know what they are. The Nun Two. Fuck ah. you, The Nun Two. <laughs> fuck you and your stupid fucking movie. It sucked. Sucked. The Nun Two and The Exorcist Believer. What the fuck was that shit? Mm-hmm. Put Erica yeah. on so we can talk about how stupid it was. <laughs> like, what is with this group it was exorcism? So, like, it was so. It was so bad. David Gordon Green quit before the sequel come out. Came out. Good. Good. <laughs> It's bad. No one should watch it. Anyway, I'm sorry if those were your top films, but they were so overhyped and not good at all. So. Nope, I completely agree with that. Uh, like, I, they were so overhyped, and I already knew what they were going to be. I didn't even bother watching them. Um, but the next one is the exact opposite category, which is most underhyped, because ones that we feel not many people have really talked about. And... You brought up one earlier, uh, so the runner-up for me is one we have not talked about yet, and that is Unwelcome. That was a Shudder, released on Shudder, about the uh, goblin-slash-gnome-like creatures. I found this, like, it's just with me. I love the little monster-type creatures, and this just was was awesome, great film. Very hard-hitting in the the beginning. That was just, like, devastating, what happened there. Yeah, yeah. Which, actually, that's another one I could have added to another category now that I think about it. But um, Yeah, now that we realize our feelings, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then the uh, other one, you you had brought this up earlier, that was uh, my most underhyped film, is Dark Harvest. Yes. Another great example of two films that went under the radar this year. You're not going to agree with the second runner-up. I know you're not, and that's okay. Mm. It's Bury the Bride, which I did think was ah, a good ah, film. Ah. Gaslit or not, I enjoyed it. Ah, the 2023 film that gaslit Heather. What started it, this whole avalanche. You know what? I'm allowed to be me, okay? <laughs> and I'm allowed to be me. All right, and you're killing me on Paramount. Please, for the love of God, other people watch this film. 
Um, this young lady. I've not excellent. even heard of this one. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? That's why that's why you come to Friday Nightmares to to learn about the gems that are out there because this is what Scott and I are about. We're about the underdogs, you know, not like big podcasts like Dummies of Horror where they're just too. They have a Patreon. They're such ballers, which I hear you're a member of now, by the way. I am. I am. Yes. You can go back and get I decided talk. to be a true fan. Yeah. You decided to be a friend is what you're saying. Yes. Right? <laughs> but I think those are an example, as well as yours, of two very much underhyped um, movies that have come out this year. I completely agree. Yeah. Like you had some very good, like, obviously very good choices because I had not even heard of the your main one. And Bury the Bride, yeah, but at the same time, I give you shit about it, but yeah, it wasn't really talked about that much either. Um, but the next category, it's not horror. Yes, it is. So this is a category where, you know, if we, uh, where most people probably would argue if this would be considered a horror or not. And one, I'll give this as my runner-up. Bo was afraid. Obviously, we already talked about this. Like, to me, it's horror. Um, but the main one I wanted to give attention to here is one that I had not heard anybody talk about, but I could see them arguing if, that this would be considered horror. And that was the faux documentary style film called Beyond the, ne- Beyond the Neon, which focused on finding a woman who had uh, went to be a prostitute in Vegas and got sucked into a sex trafficking ring. And uh, the documentary people were trying to get to the bottom of it and try to rescue her and get these women out of here because they uncovered a massive sex ring, the underground ring where these women are just being used for sex and trafficking. And it's realistic horror. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Mine was Godzilla minus one, because I feel like some people will say Godzilla movies aren't horror movies, but they are because we said so. And Birth <laughs> Rebirth. This is oh, for yeah. someone particularly who said this wasn't a horror movie. This is about zombies. This is about bringing someone back to life from the dead. I don't know how that's not a horror film. They were dead, and then they got brought back. That's would this. That's a zombie. Would this person like to call? Does this person tend to call himself Hollywood? No, it's not Tim. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I couldn't because I thought he said something about it too. But. No. So, yeah, that that makes it a fucking horror film. <laughs> I'm curious now. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was a great film. Um, you know, the whole, I get that it's slow and, you know, it's not the most quick film in the entire world. But anytime you have someone die and they come back, I, I put it more like a Pet cemetery zombie-like film than it becomes horror for me. Right. So that would be my number one pick for it's not horror. Yes, it is. And I'm going to give a spoiler. I don't have anything for science fiction because the one science fiction movie that I thought of, I didn't think was good. So I didn't put it here. Okay, well, let me... uh, You probably have something, though. Yeah, but I have something, and uh, one of them may be like, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, So my runner-up is No One Will Save You, obviously. Yeah, because that's very sci-fi. But the one that uh, would be, is it sci-fi? Is it horror? Who cares? It's good. This one goes to Infinity Pool, because this is definitely science fiction, and it is definitely horror at the same time. Chaos today. Honestly, coughing dogs, it's just not, it's just who we are, right? Anyway, back to this. You thought Infinity Pool was science fiction? Yep. Oh. Because it is about, uh, you know, just uh, cloning 
and then what you would do if you could get away with like cloning yourself and shit like that and yeah that's definitely a science fiction i guess so i never thought of that that way so yeah that would be my pick um because the other one was no one yeah, will save you I, like, yep, I didn't I like that film so i didn't it's right. not good to me but it's good yeah, to you and dave bailey <laughs> damn right it's good to you too just not you and phil Rare. Phil, me and phil rare both like well no phil hates it more than i do i was just like Meh. yeah he was like burn the motherfucker down so that makes sense infinity pool that's definitely a good pick um next category i have is a little too real is that what you have that is the next one yep. awesome uh so these two movies have already been brought up before but uh runner up is once again the mill just because of uh, what it stands for and then beyond the neon is my main pick just because yeah real life fucking sex trafficking yeah i love it mine was baby ruby because that was oh, a yeah. real, little too real for me this year um this yeah movie about a woman who has postpartum and let me tell you from someone who had a friend that had a baby this year that shit was a little too close to home that's movies available on paramount as well um and night of the hunted this was dropped okay, on this is what i did not watch and it's a shooter film and i don't know i think any kind of shooter film is a little realistic in the united states i don't know shootings every fucking day so i yeah. think this was a little too realistic as well so Night of the Hunted is on Shudder, and Baby Ruby is on Paramount. Nice. Um, and the next one is Best Documentary. Um, my runner-up for this was uh, the Hulu original Monster Inside, talking about the guy that runs McCamey Manor, because that is just a very informative That was a good doc. Best that was a really good doc. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Like, that one was, uh, that one made me feel very uncomfortable hearing the stories. Absolutely. But then, just like just like every year when this comes out, it's always my number one choice, and that is In Search of Darkness, Part 3. How could it and not be? How, with the movies they covered in this, they had so many hidden gems that I was trying to write them all down, because there were so many movies I had never even heard of from the 80s. I'm going, what the fuck is this? I need to watch this, because they just looked like so much fun. And they do such a great job of just covering all these categories. Totally, totally. I agree with you. So In Search of Darkness was my number one, but I wanted to give a shout out to Sharksploitation as well. I thought that mm -hmm. was an excellent, excellent documentary as well on Shudder. Uh, both of these are on Shudder if anyone is interested. Um, slower year for docs this year, but that those yeah. two definitely stood out, along with the one about McKinley Manor. Absolutely well done. And then the, uh, yeah, that Sharksploitation one was another good one because, yeah, uh, I uh, I think there was only like four documentaries I watched this year. Wasn't too many. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, what is? All right, the next one is best international film. So this one, runner up, I got Talk to Me because it is an Australian horror yeah. film. Yeah. Um, very very good. Uh, very unnerving and unsettling, just like A twenty four loves to do. Um, I cannot wait to see what these guys come up with for, for their next film because I think it was a film duo that were YouTubers that made this movie from what Tim was yep. talking about. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, amazing, amazing horror film. And then, of course, When Evil Lurks. That's just one of the best international movies I've seen this year. Agreed. For me, the only ones that I brought up that were different was I thought Project Wolf Hunting that came out earlier this year was excellent. Um, Another one I missed. A really, really good zombie ship outbreak film and the conference as well the one i mentioned earlier on netflix so wolf project wolf hunter i think is video on demand and then the conference is available on netflix nice 
Um, yeah, that what was the conference. I, I really want to watch this conference. Mm. Um, and then what is the next? Ha ha, that's funny. Best horror comedy. All right, so runner up for this one, Renfield. Oh, yeah. Had a blast with it. And one that has not been mentioned yet so far in our awards. But goddamn, was this movie just so freaking hilarious. The trailer portrayed it exactly what it was. You knew, this movie knew what it was, and it went into it. And it, unfortunately, though, because of its success, created a lot of terrible rip-off low-budget films. But that is the theatrical movie, Cocaine Bear. Saints. I loved this movie so damn much. It was so damn funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cocaine Bear was hilarious. I yeah, that, and it just doesn't get enough love. Like it got love in the beginning of the year, but I hadn't heard many people bring it up. And like as Daniel Luffy said it best, it's the bear with the cocaine. It's what I <laughs> <Yes>. expected, <laughs> right? It's exactly what I expected. I found right, then, uh, so. Can you tell me a story? Best best anthology film of the year. Wow, uh, there was one Scott that I was able to come up with, <laughs> and it wasn't oh. even one I really liked. <laughs> Yeah, this year VHS has been pretty 95. rough. Congratulations. You win by default, VHS 95. Or 85. Oh, 85. Sorry. So I was 95. 85. Yep, but I didn't get the fucking name of it right. That's how much I cared about the anthologies this year. <laughs> yeah, this year was rough for anthologies. Uh, I do have a runner-up of that just because there was like a whole whopping five. So I was you? like, yep. So I was like, uh, tell me a creepy story that I found mm-hmm. on Tubi. That one was okay. okay. Yeah. Had some good stories in it. Uh, but then, yeah, VHS 85. I did really enjoy that one. Um, but then the next category is We're Stranded, Best Survival Horror Film. Um, this one I have um, as, uh, yep, this one is The Mill for my runner-up. Yeah, again. agreed, agreed. <laughs> and perfect. And then my main award goes to for this, uh, Nowhere, being stuck on that shipping container. Agreed. Oh, wow. Agreed. That's very rare for us to have like the same ones. And Nowhere is on Netflix. So if people yes. haven't seen that one, it is available on Netflix. And very good movie. Very, very good movie. Yep, I had a few issues with it, but still good movie. Uh, then the next is The ha- uh, Hauntings Done Right. Best ghost film. This was hard this year because there were ghost films. Yeah, this one. Had to... They just weren't great. There were comedies. Oh, no. No, there were some. The... Listen to my categories, and you'll probably yeah. be like, okay. oh, shit. Okay, okay. So, runner-up, talk to me. That's all about speaking to ghosts. And The Haunting's there. Once again, amazing, fucking scary-ass movie. And then Malum. Oh, Malum! Malum. Yeah, Malum yeah, yeah. my yeah. choice. Yes, that's a good one. Because, yeah, that one's got literally legit spirits haunting you. I mean, yes, there is also a cult and all this shit, but that's why the spirits are there is because of that cult. That's a good one. I didn't think of that. I had talked to me, but I didn't even think of Malum. So good one. All right. And then you didn't have a runner up. Oh, no. No, I would have Malum. Okay. No, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, yeah, that's. All right. So then uh, we move on to the next one. Let's exercise the day. <laughs> Best possession film. Uh, once again, these two have been brought up before, but a uh, runner up for this one is When Evil Lurks. And then my main one, because. If you're speaking possession, at least in in the eyes of Scotty, if there is possession, it is evil dead. Evil dead rise. Fucking yeah. awesome possession in that. 
Yeah, I think Evil Dead's Rise was my first one, but I actually really liked Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Oh, nice. I actually thought for a prequel that I had very low expectations for, it was pretty good. Yeah, I had some issues with it, but it looked for it was not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Yeah, like I thought that the processions were pretty decent. Again, it's not available in Paramount. I sound like I'm probably pl- plugging Paramount. It's just that happens right. to be where these movies are. Um, and uh, definitely Evil Evil Dead Rise. Like you don't get better possession than Evil Dead Rises, right? Exactly. Yeah, that movie's just chef's right? kiss. Ah, then this fun category. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Stabby, stabby, pokey, pokey. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's not. I'm looking ahead. Sorry. I'm looking ahead to the next (laughs) one after that. But yeah, the slasher film's a little nicer one. All right. Then, uh, so for the best slasher films this year, um, this one you may have forgotten about because I had noticed it disappeared off Lotterbox. And I knew you'd watched it because, yeah, you and I both talked about it and you watched it and you really liked it. And I almost forgot about it till Erica had brought it up. Um, but runner up for me, Never Hike Alone 2. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to fix that right now. Uh, that was just a awesome sequel to Never Hike Alone, which is obviously fan-made films of Friday the 13th. And it, it was just an awesome conclusion with the Tommy story and Jason and just so many good kills. Jason just fucking slashing his way through everybody. And uh, it was so much fun. But the best Great. slasher film this year for me was Thanksgiving. Oh, fuck yeah. Same with me. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Epic. Yeah, I don't know why they took uh, Never Hike Alone 2 off of Letterboxd. In fact, actually, let me read this to you because it is now under a different name, and it's so weird. I don't know what happened. So, Never Hike in this name. So, this is, yeah, so this happened with the first movie and the second one and in the snow or whatever. So... First movie is now on Letterboxd as Can You Just Never Stop the Hike Alone? <laughs> and then Never Hike in the Never Hike in the Snow is now called Please Never Ever Hike in the Snow Too Dangerous. And then Never Hike in the Never Hike Alone 2, Can You Just Never Stop the Hike Alone 2? I don't know weird. what the weird. fuck happened, but yeah, like that's weird. what's going on there. Yeah, I Came across that, and I'm like, what the fuck? But yeah, it got taken off my list and everything. It was just gone off letterbox site. So I was like, I know I rated that. That's wild. But anyways, I digress. We will get back to the awards. Uh, so the next one, hey, look at this mysterious tape I found. Best found footage of the year. What did you have? Okay, so the best ones for me were, this one, I, I went a little loosey-goosey with it, but uh, okay. missing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's mine now. I didn't think like, of that one. Now mine. Yep, that's God. my runner-up. Um, But then my best found footage, Hell House LLC Origins of Carmichael Manor. Yeah, there wasn't much this year. No, I was I even think, telling Erica, I'm yeah. like, there was only like eight found footage films that I've come across. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, like it was a, for something that's so easy to do, you would think there would have been more of. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with yours because I didn't even finish this category. Okay. Um, well, then uh, the next one is smash that like button, ring that bell, best social media horror. Did you get uh, any for these? Because I know this isn't necessarily your favorite category. Oh, yeah, I got some in this one. Uh, so... Influencer was my runner-up. Okay, nice. And then Missing was nice. my number one on this one. Because, oh, yeah, gonna... this one was good. I love this movie, and I thought 
and it covered the social media aspect very well. You're going to hate me, but Elevator Game was my runner-up. <laughs> hey, I mean, no, it fits. I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed Elevator Game. Um, and then Influencer, for other reasons I've said before. Um, yeah, and I don't know where you think I hate this category. I, I hate influencers. Right, 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 right. But this right. category, there has been a lot of fun movies. That right, come right, right. Um, but then, what is the next category? It is uh, Swimming with the Fishes. See? Best shark film. And There's this one. There's the number of shark films this year. Yeah, there wasn't many uh, high points for me. So I, I struggled nope. with this. So, best shark, uh, runner up shark film for me was Shark Exploitation, <laughs> a documentary. Good one, good one, good one. And then, best shark film, just because it was dumb fun. And this is where 2023 may have gaslit me. Meg 2. <laughs> oh, nice. Mine was Black Demon, so I don't know if that says anything else. I oh, like yeah. And for what it was. Um, and I really didn't like Meg 2. No. So, yeah, I couldn't go with that one at all. Yeah, we're going to have to, like, rearrange some of these categories next year. And get yeah, we'll just got, we just got to kind of see what happens. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. there's more of these types of movies than before. Uh, then this seems familiar. Best remake, sequel, or prequel. And so I am going to give uh, some love to Saw 10 or Saw X. Yeah, yeah, well deserved, a, well deserved. Well deserved, like a well done sequel that actually, for like uh, Mr. Venom said in uh, Fresh Cuts, for being in the double digits franchise, surprisingly well, like to ha- surprising to see some uh, Saw love like this, that mm-hmm. this end this mm-hmm. far into the year or right. into the franchise. Okay. Uh, then I will give more love to Never Hike Alone 2. Oh, totally. I agree 100%. I think Never Hike Alone 2 is definitely one of the better sequels that came out this year and for me evil dead rises yeah that was one right. i was gonna bring up but i was like i've already gave it a lot of awards so i'm just gonna yeah shout out some other ones very good ones very very good films nice and now this is uh don't you judge me best guilty <laughs> pleasure films or so bad it's so good uh let's see so uh for my runner-up i have the mean one nice that was just fun that was a fun one i liked it it was just so bad it's so good i mean it's literally the grinch stole christmas but the grinch is the killer in this and it, it was just so much fun it's epic and then uh <laughs> this is my don't you judge me this is slother house i oh, yeah. enjoyed the shit out of slother house <laughs> hey hey mine was winnie the pooh and cocaine bear baby oh Both yeah bears yeah, that is true. <laughs> Both bears. Winnie the Pooh, I will I will definitely die in that hill. That that movie is fucking chef's kiss. That was, yeah. Winnie the Pooh, I didn't give any love on these awards, but it deserves it. Like, I'm glad, because I knew you'd give it some love. Oh, yeah, I like when he's shoving honey on the mask. Oh, never God. stops being funny. Never <laughs> stops being funny. Yeah, like, so gross. Peeking around when the chick's in the hot tub, never stops being funny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so the next category, ew, it's all slimy. <laughs> Best body horror. Um, okay, my sheet is at the up. There it goes. Okay, so body horror this year was not very ewy gooey gruesome from what I can remember. Besides, like maybe you could say that with Evil Dead Rise, but yeah, I went with two different ones. Um, I went with. My runner-up as Infinity Pool, yeah, because it's definitely it's Cronenberg. Cronenberg always has body horror, whether 100%, it's David or Brandon. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, and then the other one I would call uh, body horror is more body swapping, but body horror in the same way, and that is Suitable Flesh. 
Because I have not given yeah, I have not given any love to this film yet, and this film deserves it. I had appendage, but I had, didn't get through Suitable Flesh. But I think that that's a good, from what you told me about, I think that's a very fair assessment. Yeah, and that, I was like, that's another one that just didn't get talked about a lot. But I fucking love that movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then who goes there? Best home invasion. This one I struggled with, but I did come up with a uh, one because uh, I couldn't think of any. Um, but the one that popped in, not at the cabin. See, I said no one will save you. Yeah, I guess that would have been considered a <laughs> home invasion. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I liked that piece of it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why I gave the award, because that was the one part of it that I liked. Yeah, if I went with knock at the cabin, because, yeah, I mean, uh, what's his name? Wrestler, Batista, and oh, yeah. all that just showing up like that. And just, Excellent. Oh. Uh, so the next one is... Home for the Holidays, best holiday-themed horror film. So this could be Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, any holiday you could want to just, it's yeah holiday film. Um, I went with There's Something in the Barn as uh, my runner-up. Good, good. And then uh, Dark Harvest as my main choice, because got to have good representation of Christmas and Halloween here. So I really enjoyed It's a Wonderful Knife. I thought it was cute. Oh, um, you're going to have Tim throwing a fit. No, <laughs> I thought it was cute and fun and fluffy. Um, And Thanksgiving, obviously, for obvious reasons. You know, yes. we've already talked about it, so... All right, and then the, what is this? Low Budget Done Right, Best Indie Film. So this is just, like, one of the better independent films that we've seen this year. And... My uh, runner-up was Malum, because, yep, that was definitely yep. an indie film. Yep. And then one of the better ones that I'd seen this year, I'm giving it the love again, but uh, When Evil Lurks. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Um, For me, it was The Gesture and Phantom Fun World. Ah, nice. I just did. I repeated it. And then this one should be interesting. Yay, best non-horror film. I just watched Barbie <laughs> yesterday. Oh, um, I'm curious about that. It's not not the film i'm gonna pick but it was interesting (laughs) it was interesting it was entertaining enough for what it is yeah yeah well yay movies yeah best non-horror film so yeah this one i had two um the runner-up was the super mario brothers movie that was actually quite fun and did a great job with uh representing a probably the best video game adaptation to screen and then just because i am a huge fucking nerd Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves was a freaking blast. Uh, they, if you are a fan of D&D, they nail the D&D world perfectly. They bring in so many things. You're going, oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. Oh, I know this city. I know this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and you just catch all these little Easter eggs. And they even represent the characters, like a group of your friends together trying to play D&D as these characters, basically, because they just screw up and just do stupid shit all the time and it is so perfect chris pines does great it's just a lot of fun and you know me i'm a big fantasy dork so like this was totally love the movie i love it that's awesome uh for me it was a documentary called the twin flames documentary escaping tim twin flames fucking wild everyone you want to watch some guy make a business out of convincing people that there's someone out there for you that's your twin flame and you have to find them even if they're married to somebody else and convince them to be with you and they'll charge these coaching sessions to teach you how to do that and they make thousands and thousands of millions of dollars fucking wild Mm. netflix escaping twin flame twin flames wild 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 oh yeah it's wild it's gonna be a horror movie one day hands down huh yeah, I've never sure. heard of that. It's crazy. I'm going to have to look into that. Oh, yeah, you got to check it out. And what do you, was that a runner up or was that your main? Oh, that was my wing. That was okay. the biggest thing. All right. 
so the next one is someone to keep an eye on. Best first time feature length directorial debut. Uh, this one, I had one category. I didn't have a runner up for this one, but uh, the director is Samuel Bowden. And he is the one that directed, because this movie has not gotten any love yet, this awards. But uh, he's the one that directed Cobweb. Nice. Nice. That's well That's well earned. Yeah, this movie, very creepy, very well directed and acted and everything. This movie is awesome. Well, mine is Jason. I'm probably going to brutalize his name, especially now that I'm sick. Uh, Ian Steiner, he did Kids vs. Aliens. He's also mostly done VHS shorts. So this was his first full length. Okay. And I hope to see more from him. I think he is a good director. I thought Kids vs. Aliens was a phenomenal movie on Shudder, and I hope he comes out with more stuff. Nice. Yeah, I would definitely like to see more that he does. I did not realize that, yeah, that was a first time directing for him, too. Yeah. Well, like, nice. he's short, right. but first yeah. time feature, right? Because, yeah, that's what, like, feature length. Because, yeah, that's the same thing with Sammy Bowden. He did a lot of shorts. Yeah. But, um, awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and then let's see, uh, well, that looks real. Best practical effects. Um, once again, it's, it feels like I'm just repeating these, but these ones, so there's a reason. Uh, Evil Dead Rise for runner-up and When Evil Lurks, because the effects in that just... Ugh. Fuck yeah. My only difference is my runner-up was Saw 10. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and then I guess we're at our last one before our top 10. Oh, we got two more. Oh, uh, I'm ooh. at my last one for top... There's oh pretty most stylish film yep, and then I got that and then I've never seen this before best first oh. time watch horror film oh, from I have something previous I can years. name off for that that's easy yeah I figured you would yeah but yeah. uh yeah so this category is ooh that's pretty most stylish film uh this one I didn't have a runner up but Bo is afraid the most stylish oh, film especially yeah. that second half oh yeah like dude I'm right there with you that hundred percent that's the most stylish film of the year hundred yeah, percent beautiful and just very unique. Um, Crisp and clean. That was the same one you chose to? Yeah, it was actually. All right. Nice. Great minds think alike. Hell yeah. Uh, and then the next one is, or the final award is, I've never seen this before. Best first time watch horror film from previous years. Oh, what's yours? Uh, I didn't watch that many this year. Like, I think there was like, I think I ended up watching like maybe a total of 40. Like, there was a lot that I started but then fell asleep to. Uh, but uh, the one that stuck with me was Ganjam Haunted Asylum. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. That one was very intense found footage. Oh, man, that's a great fucking one. Mine was Critters. Huh? Yeah. And I'm going to say a Wait Further Instructions 2018, a British film that was very on point. It's on Shutter. if anyone okay. hasn't watched it yet. So Critters from 1991 and a Wait for, oh, no, sorry, 1986. And uh, Wait for Their Instruction from 2018. Both excellent films. But I only watched 45 films this year that were um, not 2023, but new horror films. It was slow for me this year. 45 is a low amount. Yep, same for me. Like, I, yeah, I was like at 30, between 35 and 40. So as we know, this was the year of Heather being gaslit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for this. So I, I have my real top 10, which I will do after this list. But I'm going to quickly go through my gaslit top 10. Uh, number one is Snowfalls. Um, <laughs> I should say number 10. Number 10 is Snowfalls. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's 10s here. I just I just listed down all the movies that you made fun of me for liking. Um, Snowfalls is the one where they get abandoned in a cabin and they all die, except for one chick. And Scott was like, this movie was horrible. And I'm like, well, it was 
isolation horror. And I they, tried they to. They didn't know it. how to. Uh, they're surrounded by woods, but yet somehow we're freezing to death instead of chopping down tree branches and using yes. them for wood. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Scott made me aware that maybe my taste isn't where it should be. Um, followed up by that was Mary Fuck Kill. <laughs> I actually enjoyed Mary Fuck Kill. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a little slasher. Um, Scott did not. Unseen, I thought was quite endearing. <laughs> Eric Scott, ended up turning that one off. <laughs> Scott thought that it was not good. I I liked it. Eric has like in the back being like, your friend has problems. Um, <laughs> the slushy machine, come on. Um, Wolf Manor. I've got a lot of flack for liking this one from Matt Wood, who told me that he may be British, but he also thought it was a piece of shit or something like that. Um, <laughs> British comedy about uh, low B movies. Bury the Bride. Mm -hmm. The what? This is the one that created this 2023 category in my head. <laughs> right. Frost, which is the young lady who gets stranded in the car and freezes to death. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nun 2, because we talked about it so much, it's actually just me saying I really love it. And I just... <laughs> Ends Men, because I have to pretend like I don't like it, but it's actually one of my favorite movies. I was like, I Dave Bailey told you that yeah. one. I really want to get a jacket, the same color. Um, <laughs> Elevator Game, even though nobody likes it but me, um, <laughs> because I like, I like cheesy, cheesy teenage films. And of course, my number one movie, uh, Scream. I mean, Killer Book Club. Um, <laughs> oh God, yes! <laughs> I forgot all about this one. <laughs> number one, to which my my friend Mark, who listens, shout out Mark, said sent me a private message and said, "Killer Book Club?" Question mark. As a that's your you liked it? Like, what is this film, Heather? Um, and uh, because I said I loved it. Uh, and you know what? I liked it. And I'm I'm not going to be ashamed anymore. And that's my top 10. For this is Heather not being shamed list. Right? <laughs> this is this is the best gas. Was that a good gaslit list? That was excellent. There were movies on there I completely <laughs> forgot about. <laughs> that was awesome. Gaslit. That was my special treat for you. That is your that is your official top 10 of 2023. Right. Um, <laughs> what were your do you want to do your just top 10? And well, then first, I'll do my I do have uh, I have my five honorable mentions. Oh, do you? OK. OK. Yep. So um, my honorable mentions are uh, Renfield, Never Hike nice. Alone 2. Nice. Cobweb, Unwelcome, and then Suitable Flesh. Very nice. Those These ones were all, like, fighting for my number 10 spot, and I just was rotating around them. <coughs> I um, get that. I get that. And then do you want me to do my top 10, or do you want to do honorable I'll, mentions? I'll do my with? honorable mentions, and you do your top 10. So my honorable mentions okay. were The Conference, She Came from the Woods. Um, the new film I like that to be in, the, She Comes in the Woods. I'm hoping to be in next year. <laughs> that um, Woods? That, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would a wink wink a nudge nudge um <laughs> the blackening little bone lodge totally killer missing and then finally you're killing me nice so what are your all right reels top 10 all right for the real top 10 do you want me to just do 10 9 8 go yeah. all the way down okay. yeah all right so my number 10 for 2023 was thanksgiving nice awesome slasher we've talked Fuck about yeah. we've pretty much talked about all these movies that are on this yeah. list so my number nine is Talk to Me. Nice. Just great. Uh, number eight will be uh, Rob Humphrey will be very happy to hear Infinity Pool, though he'll probably be disappointed that it's not number one. But, you know, 
Uh, but Infinity Pool, you know, we've already said what we need to say about these films. They're all great. Number seven, excuse me, number seven, uh, Malum. I really just, these are the ones that start speaking the Scotty language. <coughs> excuse me. We're all coughing. I hear Eric right? in the background. Yeah, I'll say we're all, we all deal with that shit. Right. Uh, so yeah, number seven was Malum. The number six was Dark Harvest. Uh, number five, No One Will Save You. And then this is where, yep, these are the Scotty. You, you, you should expect these. Nice. Evil Dead Rise is number four. Oh, my God. Okay, continue. <laughs> number three is There's Something in the Barn. Uh-huh. And then number two is Bo is Afraid. No fucking way. Yep. And then number one is When Evil Lurks. Oh, man. Okay. Number 10, Knock at the Cabin. Number nine, The Strays. Number eight, Kids versus Aliens. Mm. Number seven, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Wow. Number six, It Lives Inside. Number five, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Suck I my was dick, for it. Everybody who doesn't think that's a great movie. <laughs> um, Evil Dead Rises, number four, baby. We were Holy 20. shit. Wow. Infinity Pool, number three. Nice. Bo is Afraid, number two. Wow. And talk to me was number one for me. No shit. I'm yeah. shocked. I'm shocked when Evil Lurks did not make your top ten. I thought it was great, but it did not speak to me like these other ones did. That is totally understandable. Excellent movie though. Definitely recommend it. Like, but if I thought about what touched me in my special places <laughs> with these films. And that's a wrap on 2023. Yeah, that's awesome. We actually had some, uh, like, our top tens were, like, very different, but I some that were right in the right exact same spots. That's Which is crazy. Cool. Yeah. Which is very cool. And I have watched Zero 2024s. You've watched I have one. watched one. <laughs> and? Eh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd say watch it because it's 2024 film, and we don't have a lot right now. So I'd say watch it because it's not, it's... It's entertaining, but it's... Eh. We're going to have to cut back our awards next year, because what are you going to do after you watch 20 movies? We're not going to be able to do awards. I know I'm going to be pulling a Luffy next year. <laughs> right? Well, as uh, always, thank you to everyone for listening and sticking with us throughout this year. Yeah, but thanks for being patient with us as my slow ass took a sweet time editing shows towards the last half this year. But I will be getting on this a little more frequently, as long as we can get our recordings back to normal scheduling, too. Well, let's not get too excited. I think people should suspect to hear from us from one to two times a month. I think it's yes. reasonable. Um, Scott and I are just busy people. And, you know, we had to wait for all the other lists to drop before we just fucking told everyone they were wrong and came out with our list. Right. Right. So you listen no to the one, rest. No one's as right as us. And then you listen to the best. Damn straight. Right. We some we some cool motherfuckers that know why she is. How mad do you think Rob Humphreys is right now that you had the mean one listed? Because he definitely is going to tell you that that's a 2022. Oh, I'm already expecting to hear some shit talking from Rob. That's 2022, not 2023. Like, at least <laughs> half the movies we talk about. Like, he's going to be like, <laughs> one person watched it at a screening festival in New Orleans on November 1st in 2022. So that means it's not a 2023. Yep. <laughs> Rob has different rules than we do. Rob, Rob beats, walks to the beat of a different drum. A very sexy. He does. That's a very sexy drum, though. That, he, that's why he my boo. But the uh, bang, bang game, yeah, right? so, was that the bang bang game? Or you guys remember yeah, the bang bang? bang. <laughs> 
Which wrestling? Whole club of the bang bang. You know that they're like connecting with um. Oh the my acclaimed. God. Yeah. Yeah, seeing that. Right. Ever since the reveal of uh, who the devil was. Who everyone knew. I knew who it was. Yeah, it's pretty it's obvious. Right. It's pretty obvious, right? Almost as obvious as our top ten list were. Like yeah. really, yeah. nothing yeah. Enough was shocked. Nothing any of us like. We've been doing this so long that I would be like, yeah, this is gonna be in Scott's top ten. Like nothing of your top ten. I was like, oh really? Like nothing. You're right. Yours, no. yours always surprises me because I'm like, I just like, okay, I know she loved this movie, but will it be in her top ten? Well, no, I watched like, I don't know a lot more you're... than you watched this year, so there was some in my top ten that you yeah. didn't see, right? So there's also right. that too, right? So yeah, like I knew Winnie the Pooh was gonna be in there somewhere. Well, fuck yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Fuck yeah, Winnie the Pooh too, motherfuckers. That's right. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh man. This shit's mint. All the nigg- uh, Nellies out there that don't like it. Well, you'll be glad to know that I have heard a top 10 where Winnie the Pooh does get some love in a top 10 list. Good. That movie was amazing. People who don't like it don't like life. And that's true. I want to live. That's go watch Skidmer Rink and be like fucking an Endsman. Dave Bailey. <laughs> Magic Dave Bailey's list. Endsman. Oh, this is going to be like all artsy fartsy films that I never like. I seen his list on our Facebook page and there's movies oh, yeah, on there going, list. I wish I would have watched this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like one called Devils or something like that and it was a Korean film. I'm like, I need to see that. Actually, his list was really good. I'm making fun of him, but I know his list was good. I just saw it not that long ago. I'm just trying yeah, to say, like, well, I mean, he's, he's smarter than me. And I was saying, Dave Bailey always like gives us some interesting <laughs> movies to watch when he suggests them. Like, he... He was the one that suggested Midnight last year, and Midnight's one of my freaking favorite movies of all time now. It's true. He knows his deal. He knows his deal. Well, he definitely we, does. Will, we will be back soon with some 2024s to talk about. Some. Uh, we hope. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> no one hold us to it, because we can only come with what's released. And right now, it's dry. Yeah, there Real are dry. some out there, but we gotta do some scouring. Right? So... We'll see what happens. But uh, as always, we are proud members of the Legion um, the Legion podcast team. Oh, my God. What is it? The Legion. What Legion are they podcast fucking called? Podcast Network. Legion Podcast Network. And we are part of their Patreon. So if you're interested in supporting Legion and other podcasts, you can join there for $3 a month. You get early access to shows and other goodies. And that's it. So, Scott, um, I guess we'll just close out the show. What? You are definitely <laughs> sick. You, Wait, de- there's, nothing, there's nothing else to say here. New year, new us. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It's 2024. Are you waiting for me to release another episode? Give up on that. <laughs> what are you waiting for? How dare you try to take that away from me? I know. <laughs> I basically ruined your life. I am so upset. And happy four years to Scott and I. Um, yeah. Thanks to everyone and their kind messages on our Facebook page that four years ago. We sat in Scott's basement where him and his lovely girlfriend are now. She's doing work when she should be just resting. Um, (laughs) And we we recorded the baby episode of Friday Nightmares where we were going to be really professional and polished. It's Ah, a good ah, thing our true colors came out 90 episodes later. And if you've stuck with us for this long, thank you. Hopefully my mic's better on this episode. Um, I don't know what the fuck was going on in the last one. I, I'm using yeah, back very weird. It was weird. So I'm hoping that it sounds better now. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, but yeah, thank you guys for supporting us and the kind words and everything. That was really awesome. And the fact that you've stuck with us this many years later. You know, we may not be the shiniest podcast. 
we not may we not be we may not be the most talented podcast. We may not be the most high production podcast, but we put out. And Damn right, we put out. And like that's way more valuable than you know someone like Dummies of Horror who has like a fancy intro, or like Rob who only goes to film festivals, or the Horror Returns that has a bunch of studs on there. You don't need that. Or Matt Wood just being Matt Wood, um, and Kate Pollock just being awesome. When you have Scott and I, um, we're very much the asylum level, uncorked type of podcast. <laughs> we just, we just the plain old white bread here. We get picked up by Shutter as, a, let's see how this goes. Yeah, that's we'll, that's, we'll, that's we'll give them, we'll, we'll give them a little love and see if they can get on their feet. And here we are, four years later, still going strong. So again, thank you to everyone. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. I'll say this episode, shockingly enough, will probably be out fairly early. So wish me luck. (laughs) And until (laughs) next time, do you have anything to say to good kitties? Until next time, kitties. Enjoy what films you can for 2024 as they are coming out. And uh, thank you once again for sticking with us and giving us shit and all that. All that wonderful jazz. We hope you enjoy this episode, but until next time, unpleasant dreams. See you later, alligator.